maybe like me this week, you thought a little bit about what it was like to anticipate Christmas as a child. You remember that? Some of you, for me, it was a long time ago. For you, too. For some of you, longer than me. For some of you, not so long ago. But we can still remember back to what it was like to anticipate Christmas, right? And and we have some young people in, in our midst who know what it's like to anticipate Christmas because they were anticipating Christmas this past week. Or if you're like my kids, they were anticipating Christmas for about two months. Um you ever remember kind of counting down the days? How many days? How many days? How many days? Going to sleep and getting closer and having harder to get to sleep the closer you got to Christmas Day. Um, some folks count down the hours. Uh, the last few weeks, um, Luke and Jacob have been counting down the minutes. They they do this thing called they they do this thing called Twitter. You ever heard that? If you haven't, just ask them. They'll tell you about it. But they've been tweeting the hours, the minute, the days, the days, the hours, and the minutes. Every once in a while, I'd see this message that said, you know, three days, four hours, 12 minutes, or something like that till Christmas. You probably didn't do that. But maybe, maybe even as a grown-up, you kind of anticipate Christmas still. One of the things um, that we do at Christmas time as a family. One of those things that we anticipate as a family at Christmas time is a little Christmas tradition has kind of grown on us over the years. I think by accident just turned into one of those traditions is we like to go out for a drive one night before Christmas, uh, the week of Christmas, and just go look at the Christmas lights wherever we can find them. And, And at times we've driven and gone over to Traverse City or something to go to eat together as a family and just drive, drive around town and or sometimes we've gone nearby. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we saw on the news there was a place in Mayo. You guys know where I'm talking about? There's a place in Mayo that that has thousands of lights. And we heard about it. And we saw the pictures of it. And we thought, we've got to go see that. That's going to be our that's going to be our trek to go see Christmas lights this year. And so we set out one night this week, and we drove over to Mayo and. And it was worth the drive. They've got this little circle drive in their yard, and we drove through their circle drive like four times, just so we could see the light. There was nobody else there. It was like, well, we'll just keep going around. And and when we left, the kids were going one more time, one more time. Uh, we d- did four times, four laps around the yard though, and and uh, saw these wonderful lights these folks put up at Christmas time. I-, I think they anticipate Christmas. They must look forward to Christmas if they're willing to put up. What was it? I think the report said they put up something like 40,000 lights. And um, I think they said their electric bill for the two months that they turned the lights on is something like $1,500. And um, I also made a point of saying that they don't take donations. They, they, won't, they won't take donations of any kind and just do it for the community uh, out of the goodness of their hearts. It's a nice thing for them to do. We enjoyed that as a family. And uh, clearly, I thought, you know, boy, they must really look forward to Christmas because that is a lot of work. I couldn't believe how much work it was as we drove through and looked, and we had to go back through a few times just to see it all. And I'm like, man, what a lot of work. Uh, I think I heard them uh, or read maybe on the website I saw it on when we were looking for directions. They said something about having 30-some switches and plugs to turn on and plug in to get all the lights on. It was truly incredible. Clearly, they anticipate Christmas. I just hope that they're as joy-filled like they are before. I'm sure they're joy-filled to put this stuff up. I hope they're as joy-filled to take all the decorations down and to pay the bill as they are uh, joy-filled before Christmas. 
and anticipatory of Christmas. Uh, Christmas can be a little bit, you think about taking down all those, could you imagine taking down 40,000 lights and decorations? It might be just a little bit of a letdown. And if you're like, um, if you're like me, sometimes it's, it's exciting. I get excited these days about just having time with my family, just to spend time together in, in a day when I don't have to do anything else other than one of those other Christmas traditions that's turned into a Christmas tradition for me is making breakfast. So it wasn't so bad this year. Last year it was tough. I'll never do that. The one thing I did last year, I'll tell you about it later. But um, it wasn't so bad this year. I helped make breakfast this year. But um, I really look forward to just being with the family all day and relaxing and enjoying our family. But sometimes it can be a little bit of a letdown when it's all over. Yeah? You you feel that same way? Sometimes Christmas can be just a little bit of a letdown when, when the presents are open and, and you've you know cleaned up the mess and you put things away and you start winding down. Sometimes Christmas can be a little bit of a bummer, <laughs> if I can put it that way. Christmas can be just a little bit of a letdown if we're not careful. Uh, for kids, I think you know they anticipate the gifts, and sometimes they don't get what they want. <laughs> sometimes they do get what they want, but sometimes they don't. Maybe that's just a little bit of a letdown for them. For the parents, you know, looking forward to that time with their family on Christmas Day, I think the, the excitement quickly wears off soon after the batteries go in the toys. Right? Then not long after Christmas Day, the tree comes down and the decorations get put away and the kids go back to school and the grown-ups go back to work and life goes back to normal. And you're like, thanks a lot for making us think about that. You know, we seem to know how to celebrate before Christmas. Today's the day after Christmas, right? We celebrate the 25th of December, but we really don't know what day Jesus was born for sure. We pick December 25th, and we enjoy Christmas Day, don't we? And we celebrate today, and and uh, we celebrate yesterday. But today's the day after Christmas, and we're headed into that week where it's, you know, the Christmas wind down, and things go back to normal. And I was thinking, you know, we seem to know how to celebrate before Christmas. I think as God's people, we had better know how to celebrate after Christmas, don't you? I think we need to know how to celebrate after Christmas. Shouldn't we have something to celebrate after Christmas? Shouldn't we have something to celebrate wholeheartedly after Christmas just as much as we celebrate before Christmas? Isn't Christmas all about the reason we have to celebrate year-round? I think it is. I know it is. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2. Because there's a passage here. There's four verses I want to focus on. We're going to read several verses here beginning at the beginning of chapter 2 and verse 1. But there are four verses I want to specifically focus on this morning that will help you see and maybe help you learn how to celebrate after Christmas. There are four ways I see here on how we can learn to celebrate after Christmas. I want to show them to you this morning. But first, let's read. And uh, I want you to follow along with me as I begin in verse 1 in Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David 
to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, cloths, and lied him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And then these next four verses are where we're going to focus our attention this morning. Verses 17 through 20. Verse 17 reads, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So here we are at this familiar passage in Luke's Gospel that holds this part of the, the Christmas story for us that tells us of the, the angel of the Lord who came to the shepherds and announced to them the arrival of a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, shortly after the angel's announcement, we read it here, there was a heavenly chorus of angels praising God and, and they were saying, Glory to God! Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. And then the angels departed. And the angels went away. They went back into the heavens, and, and the shepherds turned to one another and said, All right, let's get back to work. Right? Absolutely not. That's not what they said. They said, We've got to go see this. We have got to go see this. This is incredible. Let's find this baby that the angel just told us about. We have got to go. Let's go see what the Lord has made known to us. Now, we've all heard this before, but we can just kind of note here how gracious and just think about how gracious God is to announce the arrival of the baby Jesus, God in human flesh, the Word made flesh, to shepherds. Think about it. God chooses shepherds to announce the arrival of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I think that's incredible, and that's a gracious thing I think God did to reveal to shepherds. God saw fit to announce to regular folk that Jesus was born. God in human flesh. God incarnate. I think it's instructive. 
I think it's encouraging to us that God chose to reveal the Christ child to the very people who, maybe you never knew this before, but in their day, shepherds weren't even trusted to testify in a court of law. And God chose those people whom the courts of law would not recognize as a valid witness, as a trustworthy witness to to witness that Jesus Christ has been born. The shepherds certainly, you know it, the way they wasted no time. They went straight away and found Mary and Joseph. And, and just as the angel had said, they what did they find? They find the baby wrapped up in these strips of swaddling cloths and, and lying right there in a manger, just like they were told. Now, we think about this story. We're so familiar with the story. What? What should be our response to a story like this? What should be our response to this wonderful news that Jesus Christ is born? What should be our response to the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to save His people from their sins? Well, the shepherds show us the first of four ways to celebrate after Christmas. The first of four ways we ought to celebrate the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Look at verse 17 again. Because it says here about the shepherds, and when they saw it, they saw it all. They saw everything the the angel announced, and they went and saw it. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. It says they made known the saying. That's the first way we can celebrate after Christmas. That's the first way we ought to celebrate year-round from Christmas to Christmas. They made known the saying. In other words, they went telling others of the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, why did they do that? Why in the world do these shepherds, these people whom we have that thought that they people wouldn't even trust shepherds in a court of law to testify to the truth, why did they go telling others? Well, there were several reasons. I think one of the biggest reasons was that the announcement came by way of angels. <laughs> This was incredible. They had seen angels, after which we're told they went with haste. And I think you and I would too, right? You have a heavenly angel approach you in the night and and you are absolutely fear filled with terror as the shepherds were. And the, and the angel says, fear not to settle down. Don't have a heart attack. Just relax for a moment. I've got good news. This is going to be good news for you. Don't fear. And then the host of heavenly angels come rejoice together at this news? Well, that's the first reason they went and told others, because they had seen the angels. You don't see angels every night out in the fields while you're working with the sheep, do you? Absolutely not. And, and they saw the angels, and so they went. Another reason they went telling others of Christ was because they had seen Him. They had seen Christ. As Charles Spurgeon notes, they had seen the angels' king. I like that. They had seen the angels' king. The angels announce the arrival of the King of kings and Lord of lords and the shepherds as quickly as they can go and find Him just as they had announced. And they see the angel's king. They found baby Jesus in the manger just as the angel had proclaimed. Obviously, this was no small incident, was it? No small occasion as the hymn we we sang it earlier together, Hark the Herald Angels Sing proclaims they had seen the incarnate deity. They had seen the heavenly prince of peace. They had seen the son of righteousness. You know, one of the best ways 
for you to celebrate after Christmas is to go into the new year telling others about Christ. One of the best ways you and I can celebrate year-round is to go tell others like the shepherds did. That's just how Jesus commissioned his followers, in fact, before he ascended into heaven. He said in Acts 1.8, You will be my witnesses. You will go. You will be my witnesses. You see, followers of Christ are to spread the, the word just as the shepherds did. That's our not just our responsibility, it's our privilege. And what a great privilege to spread the glorious news of Jesus Christ. Something we can all do also, like the shepherds did. You know, you don't have to be a scholar to tell others about Jesus. The shepherds weren't scholars. In fact, the, the shepherds were usually the uneducated folk in their day. They typically couldn't even read. But that didn't stop them. They went on their way. And they were telling others of the Savior, telling others about Christ. You know, telling others about Christ doesn't have to be complicated either. Sometimes we make it really complicated. We go, I'm not sure I'll say the right things. I'm not sure I can tell somebody about Jesus. Oh, you can tell somebody about Jesus. Has Jesus saved you from your sin? You know you're a sinner. Saved by Christ. That Your sins have been forgiven. You can tell Him your Savior saves you from your sin because you need saving from your sin. You can't save yourself. You can tell them about Jesus, the sin forgiver. You can tell them about Jesus who saves you from your sin. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can tell them that we're all sinners in need of saving and Jesus came to save sinners. There's no other way. What a privilege is ours, isn't it? to rejoice at Christmas, that Jesus Christ is born. It ought to be a reminder to us to leave this place today and go into the new year telling others about the Savior. Now look at verse 18, the second way to celebrate after Christmas. Luke 2, verse 18, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds went, they went on their way telling others of the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And it says here that all who heard it wondered. Now you might be wondering. There's wondering and there's wondering. Confused yet? There's this kind of wondering that says, I wonder if that's true. You know, that's you know, kind of interesting sounding. I wonder about that. There's that kind of wondering. There's another kind of wondering. There's a that's amazing. That's incredible. That's, we would say, awesome, right? There's that kind of wondering. And this is actually the second kind of wondering we see here. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They weren't wondering, eh, I'm not sure this is true. These are shepherds, by the way. No. They wondered in amazement. They were in awe of what they had heard. This was awe and amazement at what God had done because the shepherds recounted the whole story. They went back and told about the angels and, and the thing the angel told them. And just as they get, get to the manger, they find the Christ child there in the manger just as they were told. Incredible. Remember, I noted earlier that those shepherds weren't even trusted to testify in their courts of law, but, but when they told of the instructions from the angel and the heavenly choir of angels and 
that they had found the Savior who is Christ the Lord in this feeding trough, what happens? And people wonder in amazement they're believing them. These people who wouldn't even be believed in court now be being believed on the roadsides and on their way. You know, Christmas is certainly a time for heavenly wonder and amazement. It's certainly a time for us to be amazed that, that Jesus Christ lowered Himself to be born in human flesh, to be born as a baby. Jesus Christ stoops to come as a baby. He gives up His heavenly riches. We noted it last week to take on feeble human flesh. It's amazing. It's incredible that God would stoop so low. We, we become so familiar with the Christmas story at times that we just don't even think about it anymore. But we ought to be amazed. We ought to be in awe. You ought to be amazed that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor so that you, by His poverty, might become rich. We noted it last week, Second Corinthians 8 9. That's incredible. If you're God's child, not only Christmas time is a time to reflect on and be amazed at the goodness of God, but all year long you ought to be moved by His grace and mercy on you. That's how to celebrate after Christmas. Let the grace and mercy of God move you and encourage you and strengthen you. And you know, if you're not a believer this morning, if you've never repented of sin and trusted in Jesus Christ, this is exactly where you need to start today. You can't start by telling others about something you haven't experienced yet. You've got to start with being amazed at what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. If you've never come to that point in your life where you, you realize you're a sinner in need of saving and that Jesus is the only one who can save you, then you've got to repent of your sin today. You need to be amazed that God would forgive you when you repent and trust and believe in Jesus. You've got to do that before you can go and tell others of Christ. And once you come to Christ, we all ought to consider carefully passages such as John 1, verses 1-4, through 4, when it says of Christ, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, talking about Christ. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. You've got to be amazed that Jesus Christ comes born as a babe and lives as the light of men, that we might see the way to salvation through Jesus Christ. Be amazed at the truth that God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Be amazed. That's how you can celebrate after Christmas. Consider those truths and many others like them and be amazed that God chooses to save sinners like you and me. Verse 19 holds the third way we can celebrate, we can and should celebrate after Christmas. Look at verse 19 again. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary treasured up these things, that all these things that had taken place, the day. She'd looked back even maybe over the, the previous days and weeks and months leading up to the actual birth of Jesus. She treasured what had taken place. She meditated on, she thought on, or counted up carefully everything that had happened so as not to forget any of it. She didn't want any of it to, to go to waste. She didn't want to forget about it. 
Have you ever had a time when at the end of a very special day you thought over again what had happened because you didn't want to forget any of it? You ever do that? You have a very special day. Maybe it's with family or friends, a momentous day, and you, you get to the end of your day and you're ready to lay your head in your pillow and you just think, this is incredible what happens today. I just want to remember the, the different things that, that have taken place so I don't forget them. I always think of, uh, when I think of something like that, I always think of Farrell's saying, we're making memories. <laughs> Farrell's good about saying that. We'll go somewhere and do something, maybe a men's retreat or something like that. We'll do something fun. They'll go, we're making memories. <laughs> you ever done that and stopped and thought, you know, we're making memories here. This is something to remember. That's exactly what Mary was doing. You ever think on the things of the Lord? You ever ponder carefully and think about the things of the Lord? Sometimes we think about momentous occasions, but do you ever stop and pause and think about the goodness of God and the grace and mercy shown to us in His Word and just ponder and think on those things? Have you ever considered carefully the things of God's Word as you've slowed down and read a passage that challenges you or encourages you? you ever set aside time regularly where you're just removing yourself from every distraction possible so that you can talk to the Lord in prayer. So you can just talk to Him about maybe your burdens. Talk to Him about the things you want to praise Him for. You ever take time to think over what the Lord is teaching you? To, to just stop and maybe this would be a good thing to do this week as you're headed toward the new year to set aside a, an hour of time or two just Remove those distractions and think, what happened in 2010? How did God challenge me this year? How was God stretching me and seeking to grow me and make, make me more like His Son, Jesus Christ? How's God using the circumstances that He's bringing into my life to conform me into His image? How is He intending to use His Word to grow me and shape me? That's another way you ought to celebrate the birth of Christ after Christmas. And year long, in the year ahead, I challenge you to reflect on God's goodness and ponder the things God is doing in your life. Consider very carefully how He is stretching you, how He is shaping you to be the person He wants you to be for His glory. Now look at verse 20. Verse 20 shows us a fourth way to celebrate after Christmas. A fourth way to rejoice that Jesus Christ is born after Christmas. Verse 20 says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I want you to note with me here that it says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. They were, they were glorifying and praising God. And that's usually the thing we stop and think on. And yes, I will tell you, you ought to glorify and praise God year-long. That's one of the ways we can celebrate after Christmas. But but I think it's interesting and, and instructive for us, and it may seem obvious, but maybe not, that they did this on the way back to where they had started. Where were they when the, when the angels found the shepherds? They were in the fields, right? Doing their jobs. They were doing their work. And where did they go after this was all over? They went back to the fields. They went back to work. They went back to tend the sheep. But they went back glorifying and praising God. They weren't the same as before, were they? 
they had seen the Christ child just as the angel had announced they would. And they witnessed the Christ child born wrapped in those swaddling cloths and lying there in the manger just as the angel told them. And when they had seen the Christ child, they left and they went back to their work. But on their way, they couldn't keep quiet about any of it. They had to tell everybody that that would listen. And people heard what they said, heard their retelling of the events, and they believed them, and they were amazed. The shepherds went back to their work, but they didn't go back the same shepherds. And that ought to be true of every believer. Have you trusted in Christ? Have you repented of sin and believed in Jesus Christ for your salvation? Then you are not the same person you were before. And once you meet Christ, once you come to Christ in faith, you will not be the same. When you meet Christ, when you believe in Him and He cleanses you of your sin and gives you the gift of His indwelling Spirit, you will not be the same as before, but you may be in the same place. He may just leave you right where you are. Some people, I think of my dad's testimony not long after coming to Christ, he felt the call of the Lord on his life to be a pastor and he began training for that. But not everyone after coming to Christ is supposed to go and be a missionary and go be a pastor. Some of us, God is going to leave right where we were. And we're, we're to go and tell others on the way back to where we were before we came to Christ. Changed, though we are changed. You see, when you meet Christ, when you believe in Him and He cleanses you of your sin, He may choose to leave you right where you are to be that shining light in the darkness. Not only should you be changed, certainly God very likely will keep you in the same job, in the same surroundings, in the same neighborhood, so that you can be a witness not only to your family and loved ones, but to your neighbors, your co-workers, your, your schoolmates. You see, once you come to Christ, God may grow in you a desire to be a, be a pastor or a missionary. There's nothing wrong with that, but He doesn't expect us all to go be pastors and missionaries. Some He expects us and He intends for us to go back where we came from and tell others about Christ. God wants people who will be godly mechanics. Godly nurses, godly teachers, godly parents. He wants His people everywhere telling of Him. He wants His people everywhere celebrating after Christmas. So let's be certain we learn how to celebrate after Christmas. And let's celebrate after Christmas for God's glory. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. Again, we we can't thank you enough for Jesus Christ, but we say thank you again. Maybe more just to remind ourselves of how thankful we ought to be. And so Lord, we say thank, thank you again for Jesus Christ. And God, I pray, help us to honor and glorify you in the week, in the year ahead, as long as you tarry. God, I pray, help us to give every day to glorifying you and truly celebrating after Christmas. God, I pray that you would help us to be changed, 
because we've met Christ personally. Because we've repented of sin and trusted in Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior. And God help us to be so moved by what we've seen in Christ that we would not keep silent, that we would go and live our lives in a way that's God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, that we would tell others on the way back to where you, you want us as we live the lives that you've placed us in. God, help us to trust you. Help us to depend upon you. Help us to, to contemplate and to ponder, even as we see in Mary, to ponder the things that you're doing and, and how you're shaping us and stretching us and making us in the image of Jesus Christ, your Son. God, help us to be changed to never be the same again because Jesus Christ came and was found wrapped in those swaddling cloths and lying in that manger just as the angels announced to the shepherds. Help us to go back to where we came from, telling of Christ, celebrating after Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.